This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. As we enter the final week of the Real Kipper and Bourne show. And I've been around a long time, but uh, what has transpired this last week is maybe one of the biggest head scratching <laughs> events to close out an NHL season that I've seen in a very long time. And I've been around a while. Nick Kiprios. Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Josh Santos, again with you, wherever you're listening, live on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, subscribing on our podcast, iTunes, Spotify. We're glad you're around. We'll try to make sense of it all in the next hour, uh, but we probably need three or four to explain what has gone on in the last little while. JB, I'm just going to blame it on the pandemic. That's it. Everything that happened in the I'm last little sure while is just... just all on the pandemic. Because it kept the salary cap flat and messed up everyone's money, and there's no no one can spend it anymore. What's going on here? And, and their heads, and 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 all of it, and uh, certainly. Okay. Uh, we're going to focus on the Toronto Maple Leafs as we usually do on a, on a Leaf podcast. Uh, but the big news, of course, Johnny Goudreau shocking everybody uh, by signing with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Seven-year deal, just a, a shy under $10 million. And nobody had that on their radar. Like... Not even word that there was going to be a sizable Columbus offer. That no one even took that seriously, did they? You know that. I guess Kipper. The, the the question I have is just, you know, what went on in Calgary that he yeah. was so sure he wanted to move on from there? Yeah, By all yeah. accounts, well, he was offered over ten million per season for eight years. For the next hour, we will not be going to any guest, so we will just be throwing whatever we know and think and feel in the next hour between the three of us. And that one will be a heavy discussion as well. Uh, outside of that, uh, if we want to start just on uh, uh, the local look here, JB and Sammy, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, before we get to Samsonov and, and the rest of the moves, uh, Kyle Dubas uh, did speak uh, to the public and there's just there's one quote, one Kipper's Clipper. I don't know, Sammy, if we've got it or not, um, but it just kind of sums up, I think, where the Leafs are are at at this point by by Kyle Dubas. Um, do you have that one ready for our first Kipper's Clipper? Yep, the combination of it, Dave. I think one of the things that also helps here is other players have seen guys whether they've been free agents or they've been in it. Like if you go back last year, like a camp and Bunting. Uh, that came in and, and had some success, but then also uh, we, we brought you know we brought Bush in in that uh, Arizona trade with uh, with Richie, and he comes in and plays well, and, and I'm, I'm real happy for him. You know that that uh, he was able to find a good spot, and, and Buffalo would be a great fit for him with uh, as they continue to come along with their young D. So it's for us. I find that you know we're it's it's becoming a situation. I think it's really just because of the players that they can play with here, that, that they look at it and, and it's it's enticing for them. So um, I think that certainly helps where, you know, 
whereas in, in the past when the cap was steadily climbing there was more dollars readily available for free agents that could be paid what they felt they were going to get when they walked into the marketplace. All right. Um, I did read a quote, and I, it, it, it really stems from what Kyle was just talking about. Um, JB, you sent it to me. Um, do you want to read it? Yeah, the, um, the, the Dubas quote is, uh, there are obviously going to be guys that look at our situation and say, I can go there for a year or two on relatively low dollars. The group would be a fit for me to have success and then parlay it into something greater. Yeah, and you know what? I just, that one bothers me. That, I don't bothers like that you. quote. What, sorry? What bothers you about it? I'll tell you what bothers it. What bothers me about it is that you're the friggin' Toronto Maple Leafs. You are not some quick stop-and-shop variety store where guys can come in, get something quick, and then leave. The one that bothers me is that you can parlay this into something greater. You're the Toronto Maple Leafs. The greater should be you. You're not some feeding ground for the rest of the league. The greater part should be being a Toronto Maple Leaf. You don't invite people to stay in so you can go on to do greater things. That one bothers me. Yeah. Okay, so I'm okay. I like the idea that I agree. Greater things is definitely a misquote. But the reality for the Toronto Maple Leafs is being the Toronto Maple Leafs doesn't help you against a salary cap, and you can still only spend what everyone else can spend in the league. So you have to find a way to get guys in cheap. And, you know, that sales pitch, which I think he either purposely avoided or failed to mention, that it's the large media base that helps people get more exposure here so you can come here and go make more money. Maybe not go on to something greater, but go somewhere else and make more money after being here. I think that's a sales pitch to the remaining free agents. Come here for less. Come here for less and we'll earn you more money down the road. Well, how could it not be a sales pitch? Look what Ilya McKayev just got paid. Look what Jack Campbell just got paid. I mean, Andre Kasha, who we weren't sure, you know, can stay on the ice. from. He got a million and a half dollars. Like, there's definitely something to be able to be playing for the Leafs and yeah. getting yeah. a big deal. Like, that's okay. there's, not, there's no debate. Yeah. But, uh, hey, listen, go ahead, Kip. No, again, okay, that's fine. I get it. And I think other players get it. But I will tell you right now, you can't win a Stanley Cup thinking that. You can't have selfish players saying, I'm just going to go in there, pump my tires up, and get the hell out, Mm -hmm. and go get my money. You can't win like that. You got selfish players coming in, and all of a sudden saying, it's about me, and my contract and getting the hell out. You want to surround your pe- you want to surround your team to yeah. win a championship with those with those attitudes? Yeah, no, I don't. And and that's a really fair point is, you know, of all the ways to get people in cheap, to your point about being a Toronto Maple Leaf, you say, you know, come take less money to be here cuz you get to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And everyone should take less money because you get to be a Toronto Maple Leaf, and that's the you know that's the upsell. That's what you get for you know taking a little bit less dollars and cents. Is you know the the value to your name after your career, your your recognition, your Q score, if you will. Being a Maple Leaf will help you there. But I agree, Kipper. I don't like the idea of having it a 
an inflate your value and leave type of a f- opportunity. And he he invited one yesterday in Samsonov. Did he not? Yes. That's he did. He even 100%. said that he was impressed by Samsonov. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I can't no, remember. He was impressed by him because this guy's betting on himself. So Murray and Samsonov, that is your goaltending duel moving forward here. And Kyle, again, spoke of that. You guys want to go with why he chose Matt Murray first, and then we'll follow it up um, with uh, Dubas on Samsonov. Sure. He's very young, obviously has a, has a great pedigree and, and had great potential. I think just in, in going through his situation and, and speaking with, uh, you know, with, with his people here today and getting to learn about it a little bit, he seems very highly motivated. And the thing that stood out to me, Josh, more than anything, was that he, was, you know, he really wanted it to be a one-year, kind of show-me-bet-on-yourself type deal, um, which is not always common with players coming off of uh, you know, the shock, I think, of being non-QO'd when he wasn't expecting it. And so we were, that was impressive to me, and combined with, with the evaluation of our, of our uh, player personnel department and goaltending department of what he can become if we can work with him and get him, uh, get him on the right track. All right, Kyle Dubas on Matt Murray. I, I think, you know, that, that I think gets a little bit overstated a bit, Lance. I mean, it's, I know what he's about and I've seen him uh, in challenging moments, but at a much different level a long time ago. I think the things that override all of that for me are, are what he did in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, five years ago, and then the way that he played this year in the back half of the year to kind of show that that's still there. You know, I think knowing the character of the person always helps, but uh, and, and having a previous experience with him always helps. But um, if not for that pedigree and, and what he's accomplished and, and what he showed, that it, it wouldn't be a fit. So there's lots of players that I know uh, in the league from, from my time with the Sioux or with the Marlies or, or here um, that just aren't fits, and, and we deem that as a fit. All right, boys, the floor's open. Uh, JB, I want your thoughts. What What's the first thing? That comes to mind when you think about the Leafs opening up the season with Matt Murray and uh, Ilya Samsonov. Morning. Uh, well, I got two thoughts. One is that I hope the worst case scenario doesn't happen, which is it doesn't work out for Matt Murray. And he's the guy he's been for the past five seasons, and the Leafs fi- fall so far behind the eight ball in the early part of the season that they're chasing the standings from then on. So that that's one thought is that both of these guys are bets and bets don't always pan out. Uh, there's the potential for a rocky ride in the early going. My other thought is I just cannot get over not getting 50% retention on Murray. And if you can't get it, you don't do it. Like I just, I'm so hung up on this money because that additional 1.6 million or whatever roughly it is that you leave on the table there is massive when looking at all these available free agents that are out there and you end up with Adam Gaudet instead of Tyler Mott or, you know, the, the type of player you can get changes when you don't have that extra money. So I'm hung up on how it limits the Leafs and I'm worried that the early season, uh, it, it's a it's dangerous time for the Leafs. I, I like the bets on pedigree, I will admit. Like, I, I have been more on the positive side of 
of the uh, Matt Murray side of this. I've been more on the positive side of Ilya Samsonov. But the point, Kipper, that you made off the top about using this as sort of a one-stop shop really did resonate with me. And having a guy... So what's the ideal scenario? You're just going to go year to year with your goalie and have no continuity? Like you're going to go into this and be like... So the ideal scenario is that Samsonov's really good and then you can't afford him next year? Is that the ideal scenario? Like that's something that really hadn't crossed my mind and you brought it to my attention. But I don't mind... The contract's not too bad. Like one for one point eight is not a horrible contract. It's not going to kill you, no. but I don't. You kind of you know, you threw my brain in a blender with that take that I wasn't expecting to hear this morning. But I I don't mind this tandem, and I think it has a chance to be at least good enough for the Leafs to compete and get into the playoffs and be a good team. And I think it's good enough. Yeah, uh, you're. Like, I'm going to dive deeper into what you're talking about continuity you mentioned um outside of could they have retained more money where they are on the salary cop blah 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 i get Ilya samsonov i get the upside on him i get uh he he could be great he could he could develop into something great uh, whether or not this contract, to your point, Sammy, will allow you to get there remains to be seen. Uh, but th- those odds are are against you, really, when you think about the here and now on this. This is why I don't like it. Because there has to be... In all my days of hockey, when we're talking about contending teams or teams that are are ripe to win, that there has to be a chemistry between your two goalies. If there isn't a little bit of an established pecking order, then there's a sense in your room that you feel. And... God, I just wonder now, Samsonov comes in and he looks at Matt Murray. And we all, listen, at 4.7 for two years, the commitment that the Leafs made Matt Murray, he has to be your number one goalie, does he not? You know, I don't think he has to be. He had two guys that you look at it as you're paying two guys six point whatever and you don't care as long as one of them plays well. But yes, if you got a backup who's making five million, it's not great. I just wonder now, Samsonov comes in, he's 25 years old, he's much like a lot of the goalies, <laughs> I'm looking around the goalies and it's so funny because, uh, you know, Toronto quits on Campbell, uh, Talbot, uh, uh, Minnesota quits on Talbot, uh, 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 Samsonov, uh, Washington quits on him and then they find new spots. But Samsonov to me is coming in. And he wants the number one job. He's coming in to prove himself. He has no thoughts that he's going to back up. So ultimately, we we know how the attitudes between the goalies work. Unless you are a real established backup and you know what your role is, then there is an internal competition where you cheer against the guy that you're sharing the net with on a hockey club. You do. JB, you know that. Yeah. You want him to lose. You want him to stink. 
I want that net. I want that next start. And I just don't know whether or not that 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 feel for Matt Murray when Sam Samsonov comes in and wants your spot right from the get-go, that there's a chance that this thing will will feel good in the dressing room for 19 or 20 other guys. Now, you can sit there and say, hey, it's a healthy competition and the best man wins and all of that. But I'm not sure for Matt Murray, who has to work so hard to gain everybody's trust that it helps having a Samsonov looking over uh, your shoulder and seeing a guy that's hoping that you suck. Yeah, you know, I'm torn on this because, like, if you're Matt Murray, we've already paid you. We've kept you in the league, and and we're paying you almost $5 million. I don't feel like I also owe him the comfort of being the number one guy, but I I agree that there is going to be some tension there in in this circumstance. But, you know, I think that's where the Leafs are kind of at with these guys. It's like... Can you coddle them anymore? I just go back to the the start of Kyle Dubas's tenure, and when I was with the Marlies, and Willie Nylander wasn't allowed to do interviews uh, because he was a rookie and I don't know too too stressful, and young players couldn't play three games in a row because it's too much on them. Like a lot of these guys have been coddled. I think I'm okay with an environment where there's a little bit more, you know, fighting your if, teammates for what you want. JB, if this was the environment. Three years ago, I'm like, great. The Leafs yeah. aren't quite ready. Get these guys in to fight for their net. But you're trying to not only get out of the first round next year, you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. You are on the clock. And more importantly, you're Kyle Dubas, your job's on the line. Your job's on the line in the next six, six to 12 months. Is this is this the time now to introduce... Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov, when your job is on the line, this is all I know is no, is, I don't this know. This is where it's led to to a team that is on the clock. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is it's crazy to me that Fred Freddie Anderson's making four point five million dollars, <laughs> and Murray's going to come here and play for four point seven. I just I can't get over how the goalie situation got to where it got. So that kind of dictates what they can do with everything else and why they ended up with some of the other uh, deals that they made. Kipper, I don't know, do you have any more on the goalies or do you want to get no, into Kubel? No, or just a, and, and again, this this is uh, go big or go home. This is swinging for the fence. And it's, uh, I mean, I could be full of crap on anything I've said to you in the first, what, uh, 17, 18 minutes, and these two guys could be great and, and stars. But you just wonder uh where the percentages lie on that chance happening. I do have one more thing to add on this, and that's that I, I see some Leafs fans being like, you know, Matt Murray's better than Jack Campbell, or Matt Murray had a better season than Campbell. There's no reason to think the Leafs goaltending just got any worse. Just a reminder to everyone that Jack Campbell wasn't good enough in the first round and they lost. He was a, you know, he was fine. But I didn't think he was a problem, but he was an 899 in, in that round against Tampa Bay. You know, you're not looking for a guy to be Jack Campbell. or be, You're trying to fix a problem. You're trying to get better. You're trying to have one of the better goaltending situations in the league. I don't know that the Leafs got there. I, you know, it's it's a hope and a prayer. I realize that they are able to change course if it isn't working out by Christmas. But again, I worry about how the start of the season is going to go, given Tampa, given Boston, given Florida, and that everyone beneath them got better. 
I like I like that you know you're not trying to get average you're trying to be good. Yes. Yeah. You know you're trying to be good in that. I like that point. It's true. You're not just trying to like improve slightly. The point is to get really good at every position and they're just so thin, boys. Like that's what I keep yeah. coming back to is just outside of the top 4 guys on forwards and outside of the top couple guys on D, they're just so thin. Now, if I'm listening to this and I'm a huge fan, I'm going, they finished fourth in the league last year with, you know, the 27th best best goaltending. Like, they're still going to be a good hockey team. That's not the point. But the takeaway so far, they lost real players here in Mikheyev, um, you know, and obviously Campbell being one of them too. But Kasha was a part of it. Like, they lost real players. And I don't know what you guys think about the guys they got back. Uh, any thoughts on Abe Kubel or Gaudet? Eh. Uh. Yeah, there's thoughts. Um, <laughs> my my first thought is, like, what did you just do to Camp by losing Mikheyev? That's my first Can you thought. Make some worse. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. If we look back over the course of the season and that third line that provided, I don't know, Sammy, 35 goals, 40 goals on the season. Mikheyev was the driving force. He was the engine on that fourth line. Engvall, Camp, but it was Mikheyev who set the tone for for Camp and everybody else. And it was a pretty darn good third line when it was all said and done. And I think it's real significant losing him, particularly when it comes to camp and and maybe where he's gonna where he's gonna be this season coming up. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and take the uh, pat on the back yesterday, calling the Leafs signing a hyphenated player. Uh, I did think one of Abe Kubel or Aston Reese would end up here. Maybe they'll get them both. We'll see. But Abe Kubel is a really good forechecker and a really good energy guy and someone that I like having a little bit of pace of. So he just won a Stanley Cup with Colorado. You know, one of the complaints we had had or I had had with some of the guys they brought in in the past is a lack of experience and depth runs and whatever. So is he, I really is he replacing- I like him. Is he replacing Mikheyev? No. You think he's going to come in and, and, and do the job or, or provide a, a presence no. that that third line had last season? This no, but I don't think season? they're asking him to do that. I think I think he'll be like a fourth line, a legitimate fourth line guy. Mikheyev played third line, second line. You know, I don't think Abe Kubel is expected to do that. I think Mikheyev's just a loss kipper. Just a loss. Like, they don't have the money to go get someone to go get those goals back or that speed back. Which is why it's tough to look at the team and be like, okay, this is better. The only thing that makes me think they're better is I think Boston's worse and I think Florida might be worse. Tampa might be worse too. So that helps. <laughs> I don't know. And listen, I, I still think Vancouver overpaid. Yes. At, at uh, just, what, shy of $5 million, 475 Sammy? Yep. Bingo. That's, that's a lot of money, but it's not, it's not seven years. Like Trocheck to the Rangers, but it's it's significant. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money. There's no doubt about that. The, the Leafs just simply couldn't do it. You know, could they have traded him at the the deadline? Well, you wouldn't want to do that in the year you were so close. So 
You know, it's a, they're in a tough spot. They they have less players than before. I am curious to see how creative they get. Does Alex Kerfoot or Justin Hall or someone like that end up getting shipped out so they can do something else to just change the look of this team, change the belief? Right now, if the only thing that's changed is Matt Murray comes in to replace Campbell and you get another fourth liner, it's, boy, it doesn't feel like the, much reason for optimism, does it? Just... Just to stay on this uh, depth situation for the Toronto Maple Leafs in, in their third and fourth line, uh, Andre Kasha signs one year, $1.5 million in Carolina. Say what you will, all the jokes about this guy being a, a walking uh, Band-Aid. When this guy was in, uh, he, he was an engine too. I mean, this guy, he could, he he could help drive, play. Yeah. And For sure. the the fact that the Leafs can't go one point five million dollars to to sign him tells you how how tough that cap is. What would you have thought if they did though, Kipper? Would you have wanted them to sign Kasha for for another year? Like I I wrote an article in season. Will he be available for playoffs? Is you know, and because yeah. I, I didn't think he would yeah. be, he barely was. He was hurt for the whole last I, month. Came back with no yeah. games under his belt and, and was ineffective in playoffs. Yeah, uh, I'd have a. If I did, I'd I'd certainly try to protect him as much as I can. I wouldn't want him playing sixty or seventy games, but right, I yeah. I'd try to I try to have him as healthy as I can possibly. Um, I mean I. I can't ask him to play 20, just 20 games or 25 games. But when this guy was healthy and in, he was really effective. Yeah, really effective. Uh, you know, and I honestly think, and this is, this is just my opinion, I think a guy like Andre Kasha, who is such a good hockey player, a great NHLer, I think he should stop playing hockey. That's my opinion. That's just like if we were sitting at a bar, that's what I'd say to you. I, I just feel like it's he he's going to get concussed again. And it's you're just you become more prone to concussions the more you get, and it's just it was scary watching him play hockey last year. I'll be honest, I did not enjoy it watching how often he ends up in situations where he gets his head rocked. So I wish him the best, truly, because I it it scares me to watch him play sometimes. Yeah, I I agree with that. The guy leads with his head into a lot of plays, and it's not it's not it's not appealing. I would agree. Great, and player. maybe that's just it. At the end of the day, that. Uh... At uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, which is the uh, the minimum, or a uh, one point five, if I don't know if this guy's going to be in the lineup from one day to the next, then uh, then we got to move on. So maybe maybe yeah. that just sums up uh, their decision on on Kasha uh, leaving. Uh, as far as uh, the rest of it, um, you think uh, Leaf fans are? Our, I'll go to you, Sammy, because you're you're our our Leaf uh, super fan uh, expert here. Like, wh- where are where is Leaf Nation today? And uh, still haven't mentioned uh, Labushkin, who we wouldn't have known if he got run over by someone Zamboni a year ago. <laughs> turned into a fairly popular player, I think, with this style of play. Only to parlay. What Kyle had mentioned uh, at the top of the show, a uh, great stomping ground to get your career going and, and go make great money somewhere else. Signing with Buffalo, no, no longer a Toronto Maple Leaf. 
Yeah, I, I thought Labushkin was a big loss because, listen, there's some detractors for Labushkin's game in terms of what he does out there. And, you know, there's the puck carrying, the passing, all that sort of thing that he he's not necessarily the best at. But he brought an element that we talked about that they hadn't had in a long time. They just A guy, that, a classic butcher, a guy that clears out the front of the net, not afraid to nail somebody. And you look at that decor, and it just doesn't look like there's a whole lot of FU in it. It just it looks like a pretty, for the lack of a better term, soft group really like i i don't necessarily love what they're what they have going out there like they're all competitors i'm not saying but there's just not a lot of physicality so i hated the labushkin loss and listen there's a full-on panic in, in leafs nation right now i i am not getting the sense from most of my buddies that i talk least with that there is any excitement about this at all and i'm trying to look back on last year and i'm trying to kind of weigh it against what last offseason was like when we were the leafs signed camp and bunting and all those guys to these sort of lock and caution of these lottery ticket items but this seems a step below that no like kubel and godet and samson all like it seems like the lottery tickets even have taken a step back and now they only have two million dollars to address a lot of needs there's got to be some money going out at some point here because it's so thin boys i'm i'm not in a great spot at the moment, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I am really not in a great spot. And I don't want to be like this because they have great players. But below the great players, it does not look good. You know, what, the, um... the Gaudet thing I thought that was interesting, Kipper, was that they mentioned that he had a sickness and had lost a lot of weight. And they didn't know why. And they, they got that figured out, they said. So this is a guy who had talent and had some great seasons younger and then struggled, you know, Maybe he's a guy whose health just gets right, and they get some value out of him. It's, uh, I like that idea anyway. Sorry, J- JB, who who are we talking about? Godet. Godet apparently yes. had lost a bunch of yeah. weight or something, and, that, um, and if I'm not mistaken, that was out. that not uh, pandemic driven? I don't know, but yeah, I, I didn't get any deeper into it than that. But that that's the type of guy you bet on who had a bad circumstance, and you say, okay, let's put him in a good circumstance to see what happens. So if. If we go back to what Sammy just said, JB, and uh, the feel of these acquisitions uh, compared to last, is, is the cherry on top for Sammy is the fact that we heard Mason Marchman signed a huge contract with Dallas, well over $4 million a year, and the Leafs bring back Dennis Malgin. The they can win the trade they, now. They could have couldn't they, have afforded Marchment. <laughs> that they traded Marchment to Florida. That's the guy they got returned. So is uh, is is this Kyle doubling down on I may get the last laugh yet on this trade? Is that what we witnessed yesterday? I I almost fell off my chair, boys. When I saw that. <laughs> 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 I was. <laughs> Like, it shouldn't. It shouldn't piss me off as much as it did, but God, that pissed me off. I'm like, really, Malgin? Yeah. Like, and guess what? Malgin was really good with Zurich in the Swiss League. Like, I, you know, <laughs> score. Like, he had 21 tucks in 45 games in the Swiss League. What a player! It's the Swiss. Like, really, you couldn't find another guy. You know, the like you had to bring back Malgin. It's just almost like the jokes write themselves. I. This is just so – this really screams Dubis being like, it's my way or the highway now. I got one year left. I want to go out doing things. My I just I'm – I'm in a tough spot. I can't say it any other way. I'm in a tough spot with this team right now. I really you know, don't know how to feel positive. 
That's 100%. It's vindication season for Dubas as far as he's Big concerned. Time. Matt Murray, Dennis Mulligan, watch me. Watch this. Mulligan's going to come in. Marchman's too expensive. I actually think Marchman's not going to provide value at that money. He's That's injury a big prone. He's, it's a big coin. But, yeah, they're going to have Mulligan come in and play 25 games and get some value out of him and be like, aha, in the end we win. I don't know. <laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't get it. All right. We um... – as we said, we're we're jam packed here uh, on this hour, so I, I want to move it around a little bit. Um, uh, outside of uh, Johnny Goudreau, which we will touch on here, I just want to touch base on uh, a few of the the trades yesterday, including mm-hmm. uh, Brent Burns leaving San Jose, Mike Greer wanting to open up some cap space in San Jose. He moves them to Carolina where the Sharks will retain 34% of the remaining hit on his $8 million AAV, which brings it down to about 5.3. Now, he's 37 years old, been around for a very long time, but I still think that there is tremendous upside on him. And... I'm just wondering if at all Kyle Dubas and the Toronto Maple Leafs would have said, let's let's move some money around. If we could get Brent Burns here in Toronto at five point three million, would that have made any sense? I'll start with you, JB. Yeah, I, that's a big question to lob. Uh, without some real thinking about, but I like it. I like it because I like Brent Burns at five point three million or five point two, whatever it is, for three seasons. No, no. That's I I love him at five point three. Yeah, right. Love, love him. I love him for sure. It still can do a lot of great things. Talent hit. He's just he's so so good offensively. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what you would have had to do to San Jose Sammy. like Rasmus Sandin. Sammy, that that that's. That's the perfect guy for the Leafs' blue line right now, is it not? Yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't watched a ton of Brent Burns in the last couple of years, but, like, his stats look great. And I know what the idea of Brent Burns is. So, yes, the idea of what Brent Burns is in my mind sounds extremely appealing on the Toronto Maple Leafs as a guy that can hit, skate, shoot, score. He looks really good in blue and white in my mind, but I don't know if this Brent Burns on the ice is the same Brent Burns I have in my head. Is that fair or no? Oh, I think it's fair. Yeah, he gets uh, cooked going the other way sometimes. I, I, I just think that those are the undervalued contracts that you can find. I, I think it's a huge, huge uh, move by Carolina. Carolina got and a it, lot better yesterday, boys. They got Pacioretty for nothing, literal yeah, for nothing, literally nothing. And that's Tom Dundon's way, that he is not paying. Uh, 70 or 80 cents on the dollar. He's going to find 50, 60% on the dollar. And to me, that, that would have been a Kyle Dubas move. If, if in fact, he was, if he would have been able to get a Brent Burns here, how that would have changed, I think, Sammy and your buddy's look going into October. Well, that part of my frustration, Kip, right now is, you know, the, the lack of creativity at this point to find a new way to rebuild the look of the group where it's just like, ah, another lottery ticket on another cheap guy that might work. And it might. Yeah. Might work. We, but, uh, okay. But we, but, but we know how that look, what you need to do to change that look you're talking about. 
And well. that is moving one of four guys. And they are dead set against that. Yesterday yeah. proves that. They are dead set against it for sure. Because well, really, really I, when you say four guys, you're talking about two guys, and Tavares has a no move. So really you're talking about Nylander. Yeah, it's, that's what this conversation always gets down to. It's like, well, the philosophy is move one of the big four. But you can't move Marner, can't move Matthews, can't move Tavares. So it's Nylander. But yeah. I I just – it. It just feels like banging your head against the wall over and over, and one of these times you're hoping that you break through. But you have basically one more chance to break through if you're Dubis. Like, I am so fascinated by the idea of a fresh set of eyes on this roster, you know, on the core of this roster, because it's always different. The bottom half of this roster is always different, and that in itself is something that always leads to the lack of continuity, the lack of chemistry throughout the lineup. But I've always just been fascinated by a new set of eyes on the, on the lineup, and potentially maybe you get it here coming up soon. But I, I can't say anything other than I'm concerned. I'm just concerned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll uh, we'll leave that uh, and pick it up uh, maybe as early as tomorrow for our final uh, show of the season uh, on Real Kipper and Bourne. I, as as promised, I wanted to get to the uh, Johnny Gaudreau signing in, in Carolina and nope. uh, Columbus. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah. How can I forget? What were your first thoughts, JB, on Columbus, of all teams, landing the number one UFA? My first thoughts were, what did they pay this guy? This They must have gone full live golf tour and just been like, <laughs> we will give you $50 million per season. Because what we had heard is, hey, Calgary, all the ties there, great team, just won their division, chance to win, you know, the history. And then there's his family's out east, it's Philly, it's New York, New Jersey, it's all the it's all that. Those are the only two things we ever heard. Then you picked a random city directly geographically between them that isn't a playoff team, that doesn't have any ties to him, and didn't pay above what we thought he would get. So it made it's just I'm still waiting for an explanation, Kipper. Uh, my first thought was he. My first thought is, boy, he hates Calgary. Yeah, I think that's that's common. I had that too. It's like, well, I, I don't understand. See, I, I, I don't listen. I don't I'm a little higher on Columbus than most, though. No. Columbus isn't horrible. He's a good addition to a half decent team. Like they won't be, they won't be a bottom feeder. They'll be sniffing around the Let's, playoffs. I think next year. We'll, we'll we'll get into that for sure. But I, I, I don't think he hates Calgary. I just think he was set on going. To play in the East, the Eastern Conference, and it's barely the, the East. <laughs> there is, there is, there is some conflicting reports on truly if, if New Jersey or the Islanders offered them ten plus like Calgary did. If they did, yeah, and I don't believe that the offers were there. I don't. Why would he pick Columbus over say New Jersey if Jersey was prepared to pay? huge dollars does that make any sense at all that he would still pick columbus over new jersey or the islanders so it doesn't so do you think that new jersey didn't make a big offer to him i i'm under the impression that i think columbus may have been his best financial offer in the east okay how else do you explain wanting to go to a team where you're you're going to play with Roslovic and Jenner. Those are your two centermen. 
I guess the idea when we say the East, and I recognize where it is, the idea that he will be playing in that division where he is constantly going to be in New York, Islanders, Rangers, right, New Jersey, Philly. He's going to be there a lot, if not living there. Is that at least he gets to see people more often? But, Kipper, what I, was I the it, what was the, the Philadelphia thing? I think he wanted Philadelphia, no? And then he could he they didn't did, have no money for him? No money. They couldn't Somehow. move JVR. They yeah. couldn't get JVR seven million dollars out, and they they just couldn't do it. And I don't it's know crazy. where uh, New Jersey is. We do know Palat signed there for six million. I think that's safer from thinking that you needed to go nine or ten million for Johnny Hockey. Now, they got a guy that needed more in Palat, if you ask me. How I'm, how I'm hearing that it went down is that Columbus never thought they had a chance at Johnny Goodrell yesterday, uh, just after 12 Eastern, and they pitched pitched hard Kadri, and uh, I guess they made Kadri a pretty significant offer, but I don't hmm. think I, I don't think. Columbus again. Kadri's just won a Stanley Cup. I think he wants to be in a an environment in the next two or three years that has a chance to win a Stanley Cup. Maybe just didn't feel Columbus was there, and um, maybe just took a little bit too long. And then as the day grew longer and Johnny Gaudreau didn't look like it was uh, happening in the island in New Jersey, they came in and and took a run at him, and lo and behold, they they got him. That's wild. Just out there fishing for tuna and you catch a shark or something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, like what did, what did we catch? Okay, we can deal with this. That's great. So, Good for Columbus. I'm and, genuinely happy for Columbus and their fans. And, and Kadri's still out there. And in a perfect world, would love to make and maximize as much as he can. But the salary cap, guys, is, is, is even really affecting the top players there yeah. isn't a long list for these guys to get their money. And Kadri now is in a position of teams knowing that there aren't that many chairs in, in, in this game. So Colorado would like him back, but I think it would start with a, a six on an AAV. Wow. Not that a seven not or eight. Expecting. Yeah. So... It, this one's going to be real fascinating on, on where Kadri ends up. Uh, I, there might be a, another team that jumps into it, but, uh, again, uh, limited opportunities. Money versus the chance to win. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. I wonder if Columbus could do it as well. <laughs> now they got Goodrow, is he, are they more appealing as a competitor? Yeah. All right, we'll pick, we'll pick up that conversation, JB, after the break. After these messages, we're back, Real Kipper and Born. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with JD, Blake, and Alish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A few more major stories yesterday, but let's put a, a bow on uh, Johnny Gaudreau in, in Columbus and how you see that. Uh, Playing out here, do you think, JB, that uh, Johnny Goudreau now makes Patrick Liney uh, expendable? 
I don't think so. Like, I don't think you can look at that Columbus lineup and say, ah, they're good enough now to move on from line A. Like, you need elite players. It's hard for them to get and to keep elite players. I think they got to pay them. They got to pay them and find a way to ship out whatever else you got to ship out. I think they have to move something like $5 million or something to make room for, for line A. So they got yeah. some work to do, but they got to keep them. Yeah, and I mean, Johnny's such an elite passer. I would think the first thought for Patrick Line is I can score a lot of goals with this guy. Yeah. You know, whether Ross Levick or Boone Jenner or another centerman needs to be added somewhere remains to be seen. But I got to think there, we're, we're looking at maybe a, a six-year deal in the ballpark of 8.5 would get it done for Patrick Line. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's a lot of money, but it's it's what he's worth. I think you know that's um, that's something that Columbus has to do. Yeah. Um, you know, it's gonna just it's w- gonna be. Go ahead, Kip. No, I was just yeah. Go ahead, JB. Sorry. Well, I, I just think it's gonna be interesting to see this Columbus team is like how competitive are we talking that they suddenly are? What does this do for you know their their level of, in that metro? Are they suddenly a team that's a playoff team? They were knocking on the door last year. It's a big get for them. Yeah, it sure is. And I hear that uh, Rick Nash uh, did a terrific job uh, helping yesterday as well, uh, facilitate ah. uh, some of the signings. So that's great to hear <laughs> as well out of Columbus. Uh, I, I want to touch on uh, Vegas, uh, but before that, let's just stay here in uh, Ontario and, and talk about Ottawa and uh, your thoughts on Claude Giroux uh, signing the Patrick Marlowe retirement contract. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. It's great. Good for Ottawa. You know, they get to Brinkett and they get Giroux. And like a lot of people, you look at their top six and you go, boy, Stutzla and Batherson and Norris and those two additions. Like, that's a that's a good top six. They're going to be more competitive. They, they, they can only go as far as their D takes them. Their D still needs a lot of work. But, I mean, Cam Talbot and Anton Forsberg, pretty good D combo, like, they're going to win some hockey games. I think that's a team ready to, you know, I don't think they're going to make playoffs, but I think they're going to sniff around a little bit. And while the, Kyle Dubas was the Leafs telling everybody. Beat that, the Leafs... <laughs> Sammy. I was going to say the Leafs couldn't beat them when they sucked. So now that they've got good players, they'll have a really tough time. <laughs> well, as Kyle Dubas is telling everybody, hey, just come and, uh, and uh, stay with us for a year or two and we'll send you on to greater things. Uh Pierre Dorian was looking yesterday like he just gave birth. You couldn't, <laughs> you could not wipe the smile off his face. Like you know, and, and the work that he's done in in a short period of time to uh, gain traction or uh, attention or excitement uh, locally or even nationally. I mean, you you can't argue it. No. And I, I've long wondered, like, what kind of GM Dorian is, because I don't think we've been able to find out. All his moves have been about moving out money, trading guys before they had, you know, before they were worth anything. I, I'm curious to see what Dorian can do with a little bit more unshackled. And boy, this offseason, as they try to get better, he has made them better. So good early returns on Pierre Dorian being able to improve his hockey team. All right. Uh, also said Mac, Max uh, Pacioretty also on his way to uh, Carolina along with Brent Burns. And clearly, um, if they don't like you, they get rid of you in Vegas. It's that simple. 
Oh, man. I, I think I sent you guys the tweet yesterday that the acquisition cost on Jack Eichel has sure added up, like the things they've had to do to make him work. So directly or indirectly, Jesse Granger, their beat writer, tweeted that they've lost Max Pacioretty, Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, Dylan Coughlin, and the 16th overall pick to get Jack Eichel in their lineup. Well, we told you it was going to be a fast hour with no guests and uh, still a lot of meat on the bone, but we're going to have to pick it up uh, in our final show of the season on Real Kipper and Born. We hope you're around, whether it's on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, or where you subscribe on the podcast, iTunes, and Spotify. Please join us tomorrow for one more Real Kipper and Born.